you're able to infuse your own brand and your own unique experience into them. So even when you're using concepts that you've learned from other people, which we all do, none of us came out of the womb knowing all these things. We've learned them from all different places, but we're able to put them together in a way that is our unique take on them or our unique perspective. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to today's episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Great to be here with you on another Thursday. I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, joined by my fabulous Thursday co-host, Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? I'm getting a little bit over the this meeting is being recorded voice on because <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I have to listen to that, I don't know, 20 times a day. <laughs> Do you know, the first time I heard it when we were doing a group coaching session about a month ago, I didn't know it was happening. I almost jumped out of my chair and hit the roof, but I don't know. I actually, I think it's about time, to be honest. Just when you do it a lot. I guess we didn't hear it so often. (laughs) I was recording. I was putting together some content the other day, some video content, and was recording it in Zoom <laughs> the number of times. You know, when you're recording content, I'm sure everyone's familiar with this. We like you record, delete, and record, and delete, and go, we gotta do it again, right? Yep. Oh my God. At some point, I think I one of the sections I was recording, I took like 30 takes. <laughs> so like, it's so much easier to do it live in front of people because you can't do that. So you just make it work. But when you're just recording, it's just like, oh, got that wrong. Stop, start again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I won't be doing that on Zoom again. I'll do it on something else. <laughs> but or one take and let the team, like, you know, splice it up. Sort it out. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll hate me for it. <laughs> just go like I do. Here's the recording. Just start it at 15 minutes 36. <laughs> Take 17. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, today we're going to talk about ways to develop and demonstrate your thought leadership. And we've come up with three simple ways that you can start to pack your IP and be able to, to explain and articulate your thoughts in a nice, simple way that your audience can understand. Yes. So to be clear here, we're not talking about the delivery mechanism. So you don't have to open up Zoom and record 700 takes right, to, <laughs> to demonstrate your expertise. We're specifically talking about, I guess, the mediums by which you demonstrate your, oh, that's the models almost that you demonstrate your thought leadership with. Right? So the three that we've picked and we, you know, if you've got more, great. But the three we picked to talk about today Visual models, acronyms, and metaphors. You use all of these. and I do. I love all of them. And I use them like all the time, all the time, all the time. Which one's your favorite? Ooh. Do you know, I don't actually, I was going to say I don't have a favorite, but I do. I'm lying. Visual models. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say something that was like, really very cool and then I was like no that's a lie I love them all but my favorite is visual models I am a bit of a nerd and when I'm listening in a meeting or if I'm in a conference 
and someone is speaking, I will generally turn what they're saying into a visual model because I find it's the easiest way to make the complex simple. That's ultimately why we use models and, and we use these things, isn't it? Is actually to try and turn relatively complex, I guess, what I'm looking for here, Sam? Well, I was going to say thoughts, but I think it's more... Concepts. Yeah. Okay, we're turning relatively, you know, complex concepts. And a lot of what we do is quite complex. You know, that's it's the culmination of years, if not decades, decades of knowledge and experience and we wanted to be able to convey that right not in years and decades but we want to be able to convey that in just a few minutes and that's why we use these tools to convey those quite complex concepts to, to someone so they go oh i get that that makes sense to me i totally get why you like visual models i know you're a very visual person as am i and love to sort of draw things i have a good three meter whiteboard that's literally directly opposite my computer <laughs> And I've seen it. It is always full. <laughs> it's actually pretty clean at the moment. I, I, is it? Off, yeah, I know, right? It's feeling very lonely over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's still time after we record to fill it up again. That's right. But I'm constantly, on, you know, on that sort of drawing and illustrating relatively concept, you know, I think a relatively complex concepts. That's a tongue twister after a few whiskeys on a Friday afternoon, isn't it? Which you haven't even had, can I just add? We've <laughs> <laughs> Don't give it away. <laughs> but it's a great way to then explain and demonstrate those concepts in a relatively simple way, right? Let's drill into models. Well, hang on. Before we go any further, what's your favourite? You haven't shared what your favourite is. I'm going to go with metaphors. You do. You use a lot of metaphors. I do. I think it's possibly because a lot of my delivery is virtual. And each of these will obviously, you know, demonstrating visual models over, over a podcast. Over a podcast is, <laughs> And I think that's why I tend to find myself using metaphors a lot more because I find they're just a little bit more versatile. They don't necessarily convey the same depth as visual models, but I find they're just a little bit more versatile. I think they do. It's just in a different way. I think metaphors are really, really powerful because it's storytelling and storytelling is one of, you know, it's the oldest art on the planet. So even though we've said our favourites, you know, then I can also say acronyms are so clever because people can remember. So these are three really important parts to being able to convey your ideas and concepts. Let's conduct a bit of an experiment, a challenge out there. So if you're listening to today's episode and you're in the Thought Leaders Business Lab on Facebook, we're going to throw out some our favourite metaphors late, later. We're going to actually give us some feedback on what what your takeaway from that, what your insight from that was, and maybe share some that you use as well. But let's come back to visual models to start with. Let's drive, let's drill into that one a little bit further. There we go. There's a metaphor. We're drilling into something, right? We're, cre- <laughs> We're opening it up. We're creating a hole. And when we're creating visual models, right? What, firstly, what is a visual model? A visual model is a concept that is simplified so that you're able to explain it by drawing something. I heard just the other day, let me just flick back here, that annotation, so writing on something, so if you've got a visual model and you're writing on it as well, so we're adding an extra bit, oh, it creates attention and retention by and increases it by 80%. Let me say that again. So by annotating on your visual models, it creates attention and retention and it brings it up 80%. Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> People understand what you're saying a lot better and they retain it. Yeah, look, and that's why visual models are so powerful as a tool in our sales process. 
as well and as a tool to educate and inform your audience about what it is that you do right so visual model it's a you know a square a circle a triangle a, a line or a something which i guess probably identifies just some key milestones right between you know that illustrate a concept and that, the key is it shows a pathway it shows a pathway obviously we're in a an auditory platform right now so we can't show you what we're talking about but just be aware that when you are creating your visual models that the shape that you choose matches the pathway that you're talking about so for instance if you've got something I'll choose a a visual model that most people would be aware of which is the hero's journey which is a circular visual model that shows the hero and going through all the stages and when he gets back to the top that hero's journey starts again If you're trying to explain a linear concept that's from A to B, don't use a circle. Make sure that you use a line. So your visual model that you're using must represent the journey that you're trying to create. Yeah, absolutely. Good point, right? And likewise, you know, you might draw a picture of a mountain with someone with a flag at the top and that's to the pinnacle, the summit that you've achieved and there's a path up to the summit, right? Another one that I've seen that one of my former mentors used quite a lot Paul McCarthy, so shout out to Paul. And I don't know where Paul got this model from. Was it just a straight line? At one end, there was novice. The other end was expert. In the middle was competent. And what he challenged people to do as part of his presentations, right? Pretty easy thing to imagine, right? Line, right? Mark in the middle, mark at either end. And he said, you know, put a mark on this line where you think you are at how good you are at what you do, right? And everyone, most people would put an X somewhere between the competent and expert, Right? And then he would challenge people to say, well, now put an X on the line that represents where you think you are between novice and expert about how good you are at telling people how good you are at what you do. And of course, most people would put an X somewhere between novice and competent. Right? And he said, well, the problem here is that becoming a better expert doesn't necessarily mean people will buy from you. They'll suddenly recognize your expertise and buy from you. This creates a gap. And of course, there's a gap between the two Xs. Right Now, a great way of visually illustrating a concept that, you know, we actually need to be better marketers, not necessarily better at delivering outcomes. I love that. And I know you've shown me that model before and it's so, it's actually a really powerful model. So anything like that, that helps people to, to really understand a concept very quickly. They're able to see it in front of them and they're able to understand the gap is a really great model. That's that's really good. That one illustrates a whole bunch of different kind of high level strategic sort of paradigms there. And I love that Paul also, I guess, says if you're the other way around, if you're an expert, they're telling people that you're incompetent, that's a pretty dangerous place to be, right? You, know, you definitely don't want to be doing that. But if we can develop these models, I think they're a fantastic way of, again, demonstrating your complex expertise in a very simple and easy to understand way. And that's one of the keys that we, I think, that we have as thought leaders to build trust and authority with your prospect very, very quickly. Absolutely. What I also love around these, and it's around all of these, not just the visual models, but the acronyms and the metaphors as well, is that you're able to infuse your own brand and your own unique experience into them. So even when you're using concepts that you've learned from other people, which we all do, none of us came out of out of the womb knowing all these things. We've learned them from all different places, but we're able to put them together in a way that is our unique take on them or our unique perspective. And if you've got a really good brand in it, you know, you can bring in elements of your brand into that as well. A good friend of mine is now using a lighthouse as, as, as his new brand 
you know, for his new business and showing people the way. And of course, now he can use that lighthouse metaphor. So he's got a picture of a lighthouse. He could put the little, you know, the little stripes across the lighthouse or chop up the beam and show people a journey from, you know, from darkness to illumination. So, you know, again, you can sort of play with all sorts of concepts. And if you can pull in elements of your brand, it becomes even more powerful and more uniquely your thought leadership and your positioning. Absolutely. So that's visual models. Let's talk about acronyms. I know there you use a lot of acronyms as well, but would you like to give us or share one of the acronyms that you used, Tim? One I talk about a lot. And again, this is clever wordplay. As you mentioned earlier, Sam, it's about giving someone something that's quite memorable, right? And typically with acronyms, we're creating a word or using a word and using the letters in that word to illustrate both a larger concept, but also the steps that we take people through, right? So one of the ones I talk about in my business, I help businesses become more scalable, right? And I use, and more able, right? So I use A-B-L-E as an acronym for what we do, right? We assess all the holes in the business, we build the infrastructure, we create leverage, and then we evolve, you know, what the, the infrastructure is to take it to the next level. So using that acronym to show people how we help them be more scalable starts to give that, I guess that that memory hook, you know, in what we do. Okay. And people, and then if you start repeating that acronym throughout your, you know, your sales pitch and your delivery, it reinforces the steps that we're taking, taking people through. Absolutely. And there's different ways to use acronyms. I know when I was in dance, so for anyone that doesn't know, I have an associate diploma in classical ballet and there's a lot of theory in ballet. You might not think there is, but there is a huge amount of theory to remember. And one of the things that we had to remember was the seven movements of dance. When you know hundreds of movements of dance, you have to remember like the seven key. We came up with the, well, actually I didn't. My te- I don't know where my teacher got it from, but the acronym was Perg set. I can still remember, I haven't danced for, I haven't sold my dance studio 11 years ago. I can still remember that acronym, even though it doesn't make sense. It's a made up word. However, another way to use it is to entwine it with a metaphor so that people can remember it. So there's also multiple different ways to use acronyms. You can use a made up one. People will remember it because it's really weird, like Perg set, or you can tie it into a metaphor so that people remember it. And it is, it's about you know, the human brain can only remember so many things. That's why when we look at phone numbers, for example, you typically break phone numbers into smaller amounts, little three digit. So, you know, it's, you know, 010411, blah, 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 right? Creates this little alliteration that makes it easier to remember what the phone number is. If you try to street the whole thing together, it actually becomes much, much harder to do. And so we inherently do this with every time where we've got lots of information to kind of memorize we break it down and we create associations with that stuff as well right and it doesn't matter whether it's in business or anything else i do the same thing for the rugby team that i coach i have the boys remember a b c d e f right you know approach the tackle maintain your balance contact drive through the tackle escape the tackle and get back to your feet again right so a b c d e f and so we do this in all sorts of different places that allow us to create memory hooks for stuff that we want to do. And if you ever get into the study of memory and how some of those really insane memory people do their thing, they're, all they're doing is those creating those associations between you know, concepts and the hook that associates with that concept. 
Totally. That's acronyms. And then the third way that we can develop and demonstrate our thought leadership is metaphors. And as you mentioned, Tim, this is one of your favorites. And I know that a metaphor that you have used in, I've heard you say it in many trainings that you and I have run. I think I've never, you and I have done multiple, multiple trainings, and I don't think I've ever seen you leave this one out ever (laughs) of using the car. (laughs) So why don't you share it? Well, like I think cars are good, but again, we've, metaphors are around, again, anchoring complex concepts back to something that is really something that someone can easily associate with, right? So if you use a metaphor for something that someone has no familiarity with, your metaphors are going to fail, right? So the reason I use a car in mind is that most people or the vast majority of people get the idea of what a car's purpose is. A car we buy and it takes us from A to B, right? A car is quite a complex beast, right? It's quite expensive conveniently, right? <laughs> and it's a thing that we constantly have to maintain both with you know fuel and insurance and registration and maintenance, right? But when we, the actual operation of a car is quite a simple thing. It makes quite a complex machine and even in a Tesla, I think there are 3,000 moving parts in a Tesla. Your average, you know, petrol engine car has something like, I don't know, 10, 12,000 moving parts in it. So there are lots and lots of parts that go into it that need to be put together correctly in order for takers to A to B. But when we get in it, it's likely there's a start button, there's a go right, there's a go left thing, right? And there's a go faster and go slower button, right? <laughs> Okay. So, you know, it's, it's actually taking a quite a complex machine and simplifying it down to a couple of key controls. And so that metaphor works really well for, for my business, where we're putting in CRM and automation into someone's business, that we're tra- taking quite a complex process by how we move customers systematically through our business and simplifying that down to a couple of key controls or a couple of key triage points, right? So it's a really powerful and easily associatable metaphor for what it is that my business does. And it helps people to understand, oh, I get it now. So I need to actually do something with it. So it helps people really understand the, you know, that it's not just something that inanimately sits there. That's right. If you leave your car on the driveway, guess what happens? (laughs) (laughs) Tires go flat. (laughs) It goes rusty. Okay. You never go anywhere. And so... I think it's an appropriate metaphor that I, and that's why I use it so regularly. I know you have some as well. So yeah, I really love to encourage my clients to use their past experience to create their metaphors. So I know that in my LinkedIn workshop, I had a professional golfer, for example, one day, you know, her brand was being a professional or a pro on the circuit. Yeah. She was like pro pro <laughs> for, you know, for 20 years. So all of her metaphors I encouraged her to use from that golfing background because it ties her brand together. And because my background is in dance, a lot of my metaphors I actually take from that. So it's not just explaining something, a concept, it's also tied into my brand. And I really encourage you to try and do that too. So one of the metaphors that I use is that, you know, as business owners, our businesses are complex. When I was dancing, we, you know, We're always learning these really, really difficult routines and we have to do them over and over and over to get better at them. And my teacher used to explain that the reason that we're doing that is to make it so that it's, we almost don't think about it and it makes it look effortless 
and simple on stage. So to the uneducated eye or to someone that's never done ballet, they think, oh, wow, that looks pretty, but, you know, it looks simple. They don't realize how hard it is because we've worked at it for thousands of hours to make it look simple. And in business, we're doing then, you know, we need to do the same thing. We need to make sure that we're doing things as and, and getting a really good depth of knowledge so that we're able to make the complex simple. So see if you can bring your brand or your past experience into your metaphor. Well, I know, look, you know, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago about putting more of you into your business and how you're doing this, right? One of your takeaways from 2021 was be more open about, you know, who you are as a business owner and who you are as a person. Again, when we can tie both our business brand, our personal story and, you know, use them in our metaphors that people go, oh, I get that, <laughs> right? It actually, you know, creates this beautiful symbiosis between all those elements that allows us to get a better connection with our, our customer, not only just convey those concepts, but also create a, a deep... An anchor to our brand. That's right. And that's when it becomes really powerful. Absolutely. So if you're not using these ways to develop and demonstrate your expertise, then highly recommend that you have a go at creating a visual model or an acronym or, you know, just start with a metaphor. They're really great ways to be able to convey your experience and what you do. The word you're looking for there was expertise. Well, isn't it funny that I'm just like, it makes it easier for you to say the things and Sam's here tripping over her words. (laughs) I (laughs) apologise. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you're still listening, I'm sure that you've got value. Have a think about who else you could share this with that would also get some value. If you're on your phone, just scroll to the top, hit those three little dots and click share and share this with someone so that they can develop and demonstrate their thought leadership too. And while you're there, hit the follow button so that you are notified every time an episode drops, which is every Monday and every Thursday. Tim, thanks for joining me today been fun as always sam absolutely and thank you for listening and for joining us for another episode see you next week ciao ciao today's episode may be over but let's continue the conversation head on over to the thought leaders business lab community on facebook and connect with other entrepreneurs who are building and scaling their business too see you next time in the thought leaders business lab